Hey everybody, Sons of Thunder are back and we are talking about the dark room today, what it means to have desires and how to fulfill them, what it is for men to pursue greatness along with suffering. So tune in today to Eric, Jacob, Sean and I. Cheers. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship and fitness. Did you have a long day, John? Yeah, I slept in. Nice. Until like... <laughs> yes, it was long. I an slept ungodly in. hour. An ungodly hour. That's okay, though. What, 7 a.m.? Monday mornings are... Are you guys still going to LA Fitness? We hours I haven't day. seen Eric in a while. <laughs> are you, are you still going? Fitness? I mean, I didn't go today. I'm going to go in a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm up in the air. I'm really deciding what is best for me with training plans and we time. switched around our week usually we podcast on thursdays but today is lunes it's a Monday. for all of our amigos down south <laughs> we have some listeners in mexico yeah yes. we do south america i was actually uh, aiming that towards but okay we can also go <laughs> you're talking about the south of the <laughs> south of the you're talking about the brazilians no oh yeah we have some brazilians they don't speak lunes <laughs> What Whatever is it? it is in Portuguese. <laughs> Portuguese. How many continents have we had a listener on? <laughs> Dude, seven. I think we got seven. all seven. I think yeah. we got like the we Arab got a few Emirates. penguinos. <laughs> a wait, wait, how many in. continents? Yeah, we've gotten all seven continents. Oh, seven. Okay. We for sure Europe, North America, South America, Africa. Okay. We have? Yeah. No, we've wow. gotten, I think, every continent. Egypt for voice. sure. Morocco. Uh, Asia. There's some penguins uh, yeah. listening to us. All right, <laughs> <There's> <laughs> little rookeries. Yeah, all right, okay, guys, come on. Penguins love so. No, have you guys? Um, I I was just watching like a Planet Earth just because it was like, so. <laughs> Dude, bored. yeah, it's Those amazing. Those are the best. I love the Arctic ones. It's yeah, so cool. Never... And I remember the first time that I actually realized that a narwhal actually exists, <laughs> and their their tusks like break the break the ice. That's so how they live. What? Did you think they were just mythical before I that? I thought they were just a mythical they creature. They are pretty mythical. It's like a aquatic unicorn. Yeah, but it's so cool. It's, it's yeah. They're big. Aren't they pretty, like, vicious? Yeah, and they all swim, swim in, like, um, schools. So you can Whoa. just see them going through the ice it's and like, breaking yeah. through. Dude, I love penguins. I was at the Whoa. zoo in... <laughs> Jeez. In, uh, we really need a video camera for <laughs> what this man just did physically. <laughs> but I was at the zoo in, Grand, uh, in New York, and... Um, they were by far the most friendly animals there. Like every so, other animal. It's a false sense of security, dude. Yeah. Did you guys They would know? ignore you, and then the penguins would just go up to the glass and, you know, play with you. and Play with like, you. They liked seeing you. Did All you, the other did, ones did are like guys, those damn visitors. <laughs> did you guys know that China owns every panda? Yeah. Like their government property. They have a monopoly every panda, on like pandas. A panda died, I think, in New York or San Diego or something like that. And China was like, I mean, that's like me loaning Jacob my car and you <laughs> killing it. Like, you know, like that's so sad. Uh, sorry, I, I, I crashed pandas. it. Yeah, <laughs> into another car. Yeah. So I, I was pretty surprised about that. The fact that a country can own pandas. Oh, dude, they have like fifteen percent of our debt too. So, dang it. <laughs> they take our pandas and our money. And our money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
maybe hearing an problems. echo in the uh, reverb here. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, that bad. John, where are we? Me? This is not no, my just house. Us? Where are we? Sean, where we're in are we? Basement. <laughs> in a basement. No, we're in the garage. Uh, houses. The cars. sun's layer. The sun's layer. We're in. We're underneath Dungeon. my apartment. <laughs> underneath we, my we apartment. We have some very interesting places for our cast. Yeah, I feel like this place could work. This is definitely a good one. We could we could go all the way Can up you... until it's like fifty degrees below zero. <laughs> Ooh, all the way up to yeah. <laughs> That's the lowest when we can get, go. That'll be like that the hot. endurance podcast. Ooh, yes. Practice mm. what we preach. Okay, yes. so question for you guys: What's what's an uncomfortable situation you've been in? All right, to You're just right. as I'm sharing, we'll respond to it. Okay, so a couple months ago. The Twin Cities has four climbing facilities, and they're all called Vertical Endeavors, and each of them, um, each one you go into, the men's bathroom is always the right-hand door. So there's the left-hand door, which is the women's, and the right-hand door, which is the men's. Besides this, this specific one down in Bloomington, so I go during work one time a couple months ago, and uh, I just walked in, kept my head down, you know, walked into the right bathroom, and I was like, I need to go number two, right? And I realized no one's in here, so I'm just going to go to the bathroom real quick, right? So I just sat down, I, you know, I go into the stall, start doing my business, and I'm sitting there, and I realize I didn't see any urinals. And then as I'm thinking that, I hear the door creak open, and just this woman, these girls laughing. <laughs> they and do I was that. Just like, and my my world they ended. Everything everything crumbled around me for a minute. <laughs> That's so bad. And and then and then like they started washing their hands, literally right outside my stall door. And I was like, I was like, what do I You're do? Creeping through the yeah, cracks. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like do, I, do, I, do I pick my feet up? Do I, I can't stay here. If I stay here, this is weird. Cause, you know, I'm like, so all of these like a million scenarios went through my head in in a second of like, like. Eric Brombeck, like, arrested for whatever, right? It's like, like, lose my, lose my Local climbing You've seen this perp. Like, it's your face. <laughs> it's like it's white with a mustache, you know? <laughs> Bam! And, and, yeah. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, what do I, what do I, and so what I decide to do is literally, I, I, like, all, this all simultaneously happened in, like, a, like a second. Picked up, like, I stood up, flushed the toilet, pulled up my pants before even buttoning anything. I literally was just holding my pants up, burst out the stall door. So, like, couldn't have done those them, separately. Right? Like, yeah. I just, just burst through the stall Literally. door. What burst and, through? Okay. Oh. I, Eric, physically bursted through the stall door and was like, I'm so sorry, this is a bit. And I just like stumbled out, like holding my pants up and just went, went immediately into the men's bathroom, sat down, and I just stayed there for five minutes. And I was like, you need to decompress. I was like, oh, what man. just happened to me? <laughs> and then I go out climbing and I saw the women that were washing their hands and I was like, this is all Did you wait for them? <laughs> no. Hey, yeah, ladies. That could have been hey. a good introduction. <laughs> yeah. It's a good hey, place I was to that guy women. who went to the wrong bathroom. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's I'll a piece of the world's worst. Like, how did you meet mom and dad? <laughs> well, I was in the girls' we bath. Daddy was going boom boom. <laughs> so it was the women's locker room. So I was in, and bathroom. Oh, so I was locker just room is that's that's like felon. Yeah, that is bad. That's what I'm saying. That's wow. why I needed to get out of there. <laughs> oh, man. So literally every single time you could have said you were a transgender. That's fine. No, every single time I walk into a bathroom. I'm like, I always check. Like Double check. <laughs> like, it's really bad. You always follow a guy in there. <laughs> yeah. You're just wait outside. for a guy. Is oh, there okay, a line? No, I'm going in after you, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can stick with that theme. Um, I was up at Pochman Terrace in the winter, and they don't have any electricity there. Really? So, um, and it's the winter, so it's freezing cold. And I 
sometimes, you know, don't want to go outside into the outhouse to go do my business because oh, it requires no. me putting on my jacket. Business and guy. And, <laughs> and uh, so luckily they have a commode there nice. for oh, you oh, to do, you know, what? your business, a commode. It's like an uh, au pair. No, I'm kidding. That's another. <laughs> Basically, it's it's like a place for you to do your business. It's like inside. a dry bidet. Yeah, that's a good way to put oh, it. A dry bidet. It's like the floor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm there for the weekend and Monday through Sunday, and it's a you know, pop. I get it. Yeah, it, it fills up. I get it. So I, uh, you need to clean out your um, hermitage. That's like part of the whole experience. Is you clean it for the next person. Hermitage. So I, uh, you know. Gather up my commode, <laughs> open up the door, and I start making my way to the outhouse. But, uh, you know, I'm walking by, and then all of a sudden I feel like it's a little wet down on my shirt and my pants. You're sweating? And I kind of ignore Yeah, exactly. I thought maybe it's like sweat or whatever, and I kind of ignore it. And I take another step, and I uh, run into a log. Like, I trip over Whee! a log, and uh, more of this wet stuff spills on me. And it doesn't smell that good either. And uh, I realized that I didn't properly seal the lid to the commode. And uh, before I knew it, I had uh, three days' worth of pee Holy. all over me. <laughs> How many oh gallons of water <laughs> did you drink? <laughs> well, I'd ask for extra. Hey man, silent so. treats, they really, digestion, I mean, it really allows it to process. Anyhow, let's move away from <laughs> yeah. the, wow, let's we, move away from the bodily fluids. Yeah. <laughs> men being men, dudes yeah, just doing it up. Yeah. Yep. Can't escape our yeah. reality. Yes. Should we talk about <laughs> Should we talk about the million rooms we we looked into? No, that's good to the bathroom story. But never mind. Let's just move on from. At this party, remember we explored every room. We went to the like. Yeah, that was so fun. But I realized us sharing that is going to lead us again to, to a the bathroom, bathroom scenario. So let's not. Yep. Should we get into? We have that spotlight for here. Lead off, Biggie. So. First of all, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in through the banter if you chose to listen. Um, in the last podcast, we had talked about continuing and beginning a series around being present around uh, the time of, of, of the fall. We're, we're, we're recording this podcast um, in the fall right now. It's getting to the end of September. And all four of us going through school have always been through this cycle of going into the fall, into a new semester, into a new year, and kind of having it be a season of commitment, like all of these new opportunities, these new clubs and things that we can get into. However, for our first time, all of us at once are not going through the season of commitment, through the fall again and whatnot. And um, I've just been thinking about this idea of how can we still commit to these new ways of life and how can we um, not have things change around us, but kind of become something new or, or find find greatness and find new ways of bettering ourselves apart from the environment around us not changing. Because really what it is, a lot of um, the number one thing to a new habit is a, a new environment, a new place. So how do we, you know, not move to a new environment, but begin something new? And I think it be, 
it begins with desire. So this is just kind of an intro podcast to a, a three-part podcast um, that we're going to be calling the Hunger Podcast because ultimately we need hunger to make new things and to commit to things for uh, to, to 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 fill a hunger. So first we're going to talk about hunger as in desire, and then the next podcast we're going to talk about hunger as in a vision, creating a vision for what that desire looks like, uh, or that what that dream looks like, and then focus in maintaining a mindset that allows us to reach that goal or reach that that commitment level so let's begin what do you guys want to talk about with hunger with desire it's all mindset romans 12 he talks about the renewal of the mind constantly you know he's like avoid these false teachings these strange teachers these strange shepherds that is only what's the word i don't know It, it hinges on your mindset and whether it's a physical privation, chemical, something like that, um, that is still a mindset game. So there have been times in our lives where, uh, I'll get into this later, I want to jump into what it means to have a good mindset, but I think mindset first and foremost, or at least orienting it towards God, towards the good, bringing your true self into that situation, which is going to be done through process. I like, I've liked to have heard and like to deem the dark room. And yeah, I want to just pitch out that idea as well. Like, okay, we have desires, we have these passions, but of course there is the hierarchical structure of the Thomistic idea that there's reason, then will, then your passions. So it needs to be channeled through those first two. Mm. But I mean, that's, that's not, it's one of those weird situations where it's not realistic insofar as it, your life is not always going to be ordered precisely. Oh, my, my will informs my reason, and then it moves this towards the object of my desire. It's not that structured, clean cut, but I don't know. I think it's imperative to have that vision still. Yeah, I think it comes with definitely a desire. I really, lo- I really agree with you first. I think that's the first thing that you need to have in order to... Um, to, to make a commitment. You have to have a desire for it, and you have to have a desire to, to make that commitment. Um, yeah, just even, you, you have to have kind of a movement in your, in your heart to, to want to, to make a big um, commitment. Like I'm just thinking of like marriage, and I had to have that desire in my heart. You know, I had to have that desire to want to be married to, you know, start dating and to start seeing Delexia as my future mm. spouse. So it's movement from something to an acknowledged good, yeah. an acknowledged end that you see is better and objectively superior to where you're currently at. Yeah. And that can be anything. Yeah. yeah John, I to like add that. to that, you, so you vision. About how it's the all vision, vision, is, vision and mindset. Yeah. Vision and mindset. But to focus on desire, you, you said it's, it's a movement from one place to the, the next place, to a, to a new place. Mm-hmm. And I think the first step, even before we move on into talking about like the, the practicals or, you know, I mean, what, what, what the keys are, I think it's important to talk about how do we acknowledge where we're at? How do we take time to realize I'm at this one place, there's something stirring in me, you know, and there's a hunger, and, and how, how do we then move to a, 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 the next destination, right? So how, how, do we, how do we focus on where we're at and yeah. actually take time to realize this is what's going on? 
Mm -hmm. I think an answer that jumps off the bat is prayer, but I actually want to talk about how uh, being with others can really help us acknowledge where we're at, Mm -hmm. and through just talking about and sharing your life with other people, how they can really speak truth in what you're doing, and they see things that you don't see that helps reveal the uh, plans that God has for you, the things that God wants you to commit to, especially when you're going through trials and what you're committing to. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Your friend who maybe he or she has already dealt with that issue can speak truth in it and to help you persevere in it. Hmm. Yeah, I also agree with that. I think just surrounding yourself with people that um, that you see have the same goals as you, because I feel like you can you are able to experience their desire. So they might be making those movements in their desire and share that with you, or you might be able to see how they've had a breakthrough, or or see that they are a changed person, and and. And that will help you reflect on what your desires are and what you want and how you can make those changes also. Mm -hmm. So along with that, along with like listening to people and how they say how you act, you can, not so much compare, but you can, but you can watch people and you can learn Mm -hmm. from interactions that you have from people and talking to them. You can Mm -hmm. sit someone down and be like, hey, how did you, how did you get there? That's Mm -hmm. so amazing. That's why there's amazing mentorship cup, like mentorship in this world because you you look at someone and then you you say hey i i love your job i'm so excited cool is you you have such a cool job how did you get there yeah. you know that's that's another amazing way that we can learn um, what our desires are so kind of like that peer to peer and that mentor yeah. to mm-hmm. protege i think the answer you're do you say protege <laughs> i think the answer you're looking for is faith fellowship and fitness like guys how yeah. did we just profit that one, like that, we got it. All you need in your life is faith, fellowship, and fitness. Boom. All right, so thanks for listening. Boom. And we're <laughs> the sons of thunder, never coming back. See uh, that. So yeah, we just. Uh, but that's so cool. I think we just peaked as a podcast. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Shani. But I think, I think faith, fellowship, and fitness, th- those are like the things that you can just exponentially grow at for your entire life and Absolutely. never reach uh, a. A peak, you mm-hmm. know. Well, I mean, so those it's a faith, fellowship, and fitness are all what I believe are means. Like, you know, we, we always say this is a podcast for young men, by young men, about living a life around faith, fellowship, and fitness. And I think there's also a, a specific means of living a life in faith, living a life in fellowship and fitness. And it's not the end end all be all. You know, I mean, it's just like faith, faith, fellowship, fitness. Like these are my three things. It's no, I'm I'm pursuing greatness, and I think faith, fellowship, and fitness are the three things that attribute to 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 me reaching that goal. Um, so I'd be interested to hear from you guys what 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 this desire for faith, this desire for fellowship and fitness, what kind of like you know the shoulders that we stand on as as a podcast. Where have you guys found that those desires in your life of like? a desire for faith, a desire for fellowship, a desire for fitness. I think for me, um, without even like really uh, acknowledging or recognizing it in the moment, uh, without reflection, now upon reflection I realize it, is they're, they're all, three of them are hard to attain right? Fellowship. You can't just meet a guy at one event and all of a sudden, like, they're a deep, good friend. Even though you might hit it off pretty quickly. 
Yeah, but it's still it's still not the same as yeah. developing fellowship amongst your peers. Right. And generally, that's not how it works. Well, same with faith. Same, same with, fitness. with fitness. Yeah, all three of them are mm. hard to attain and to be excellent at. And Sons of Thunder is about the striving for excellence, not mediocrity. And so we're just not only calling each other to be, you know, go to Mass, be okay in our faith. We're calling each other on to be excellent in our faith. And uh, there's a desire for the things that are difficult to achieve. And the, the best things in life are those that are difficult to achieve. Yeah. I think in relation to faith, fellowship, and fitness, I I think the most rewarding thing is is just seeing my growth. You know, and I just, I think I have such a desire to grow in all of those um, areas, whether it be, you know, fitness, desire to get stronger, desire to bench more, desire to squat more. Like, that's fun for me. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm like, I have this app where I can record every single weight I lift. And like, (laughs) it was, we've talked about this and my new year's resolution was to lift 2 million pounds and I've already reached it, which is so fun. Like, it was just fun doing that, just, you know, growing. <laughs> just one set. <laughs> but I'm, I think that I'm like, I don't know, not like addicted to the to growth or just that I just love the feeling of growth. I, th- you know? I think we need to be addicted to growth. Yeah. I think, I think we, you know, we as humans, we need to evolve. We, we, we need to be doing things that are challenging us, that are not, you know, each morning waking up and saying, this is who I am today. And I don't want to end today being at this same spot that we need to be yeah. challenging ourselves. And ultimately w- w- what I'm trying to drive at with this desire is ultimately just the, like a definition of hunger, right? Because for me right now in my life, there's, you know, I feel like there's space in my heart. Um, for the first time in a long time, I feel like there's a lot of space in my life and in my heart. Things are very stable for me. Uh, for these things to be sprouting up of like, kind of yeah. like, whoa, like think of all the things that I could be doing or think of, you know, the things that I could become. And there's just, there's been time for me to process and time for hunger to, to, to grow, yeah. right. For, for hunger to grow and to lead to growth itself, if that mm-hmm. makes sense in me. Uh, but the Lord, I, I think I shared this in the last podcast, but the Lord has been speaking specifically to me of just like, you know, this hunger, like I'm not going to fill it right away. Like, I, I, I want you to remain in the hunger, but not stay still in the hunger, if that makes sense, of like, I want you to remain with me and ask yourself, what, not what should I do, but why do I feel this way? Um, and I think what I'm trying to drive at is just, what, what is hunger? Like, what is this hunger that we feel? Because I think that's going to speak to desire. And then the question is, okay, so we have a desire. What do we do with it? We look at vision. We create a vision for ourselves. And then how do we follow that vision? We, 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 we remain focused. And I think that's the kind of the three part I, I want to just hash out with you guys with this podcast. I like um, that. I really... So what is hunger to you guys? I think you hit on something. It's just integral to the Christian experience. And it's a lie we're often given is that you will be fulfilled and satisfied completely if you just call on the name of God. I mean, it's true to a certain extent, but like God's not... Uh, a vending machine. God is not an instant jackpot sort of situation. And this, there's this great analogy of, you know, nowadays we can have phones that just take thousands of pictures instantly. But in the olden days, they had Polaroids. And even before that, they had those ones where you just had to like set up and poof, and all of our... <laughs> <laughs> That's such all a good sound effect. Yeah. Just, can you imagine how many ways, how many light bulbs? 
I mean, that's why like all of our ancestors just, are just oh, pissed in the, the photograph. Just blinded. <laughs> that's so true. Wait there for 25 minutes, Brian. Yeah, you couldn't hold a smile for that long. Yeah. Mom, and my face got stuck like this. You're in a video. But it's the whole idea, and then you can compare this physically and spiritually with the dark room. You need to go into this dark room to get developed, and this is something Christine Kane talks all about. But it's the idea that it's going to be terrible, and it's going to be entirely red and negative, and you need to get every imperfect, imperfect imperfection, little minuscule error in your soul. It needs to come to light. And it's painful, and it's a process, and it's prolonged. And that, what it does, I forget, I think this is James, where he talks about like faith leads to endurance and yep. leads to per- perseverance. Mm-hmm. Like we, as Christians nowadays, are entirely lacking endurance. Like to endure is the root of what it means to be a Christian in the pagan world, which is increasingly what we're encountering. And if you look at any of the Pauline letters, it's like, just hang in there, kitty, you know, like those posters. That's all they're, like, th- I mean, that's not all we have to do, but we have to fight I literally our asses posters off. in my cubicle. Exactly. I'm just going to make that known. Stay Endurance is riddled throughout the Bible. It makes me think of yeah. the Israelites, um, you know, Exodus. You know, God gave them the bread for that day. He gave them what they needed. If they wanted to have it in the morning, it was rotten. They couldn't have any more. And that's where we really can grow in our faith is when we have to rely on that endurance one step at a time. Where it's so dry and arid and fraught of uncertainty where you have no idea where the path is leading, but you still need to walk. Mm-hmm. You know, John, you mentioned the dark room. I, that's something that I've heard just recently in the last month. And it's really, it has like just shocked my perspective on growth. It has shocked my perspective on the state of life that I think men our age are in. And I, I'm not sure if it was the author of that or the creator of that who shared this. Maybe it was someone sharing about it, but they had talked about every, every man, um, there are many people out there that don't achieve greatness or don't have a chance to get there um, because they kind of cut themselves out off at the knees by not going through a period of time in the dark room, if that makes sense. Um, and I want to equate this to deepening desire. Um, so the dark room, how it appears to me, I would love to hear more from you, John, about it, but it's this image of developing a photo and pretty much developing. It, it's, a, it's a time of development of like placing yourself in a time to be developed and then to not wipe off every, you know, like not, not clean every faulty thing about you, but like a time to look introspectively and sit you in know, a room. You need to acknowledge it. it and move forward. And mm-hmm. that's one of the fundamental psychological truths is instant gratification is like inversely causal to mm-hmm. success or greatness. The mm-hmm. more that you are, I don't know, acquainted with getting things your way, entitlement, all these things are just ridiculously far off from the Christian life, ridiculously contrary to what we need to do as men and as, frankly, leaders in the 21st century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this, this deepening of desire is, is, has been the fruit of this darkroom theory for me. So if you think about it, if you're kind of, if, if there's a shallow pool, you can only go so deep, right? And it can, it can be scooped out really quickly. Um, so it's like, say I really wanted to, I had a great love for I don't know, hamburgers or I'm trying to think of something, but like biking or something like that, right? I, I, I just, I loved this thing so much, right? And I wanted to give everything I had to it. 
And if, if I gave a shallow pool, right, or a shallow desire to that, it would only be so much. It'd be so little, so quick, and it'd be over, and then I'd be left feeling empty and trying to find something new, right? Mm. But it, the fruit for me in, in being in the dark room and taking time to develop myself has allowed my desires to really, really deepen. Um, and that when you develop a photo, if you open that door too early, like the whole, the whole photo is ruined. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like there's a specific moment and it takes time and it's a process. Um, so I think hunger needs to build and it needs to grow like a fire. Um, I'm thinking and, of the movie yeah. Walter Mitty. Like I mean, yeah. he's a developer in that movie and he develops literally. I know we've touched on this because it's a great psychological truth, but like, you know, he starts off in his mind daydreaming and then he goes, he produces the film and he's, he's looking for that one undeveloped set of film. That's yeah. his quest for the whole movie. And what that does is it reveals... I, yeah. I just watched it. I just watched it. It's so good. Me too. Such a good movie. <laughs> and at the end, Sean Penn, they, they have this perfect photograph ready to be taken instantly. It's like it would be a success and, he, and then he doesn't take it. Yeah. You remember what he says? He just likes to sit there and experience the moment. Yeah. And because it's so good, he doesn't... He doesn't want to have a picture get in the way of it. True he beauty doesn't be ask there. for attention. Yeah. And Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Wait, say that again, John. True beauty doesn't ask for attention. So I think that is one of those, I don't know how to define or categorize well, this, but being the inverse the of what we're trying to do is not beautiful. It's, it's the grind every day. It's yeah. the renewal of your mind every day. It's the physical pushing of your body to the limits every day. It's the encountering of death every day that you realize that life is worth it. So mm -hmm. Deuteronomy puts in front of us is God every day is putting the path of life and death. That's what he says to the Israelites. I put before you life and death. What are you going to choose? And then it's yeah. up to us. Yeah. Well, it's no surprise every day to you that when Jesus is in the desert for 40 days, the book he quotes the most is Deuteronomy. Exactly. That characterization between life and death and the paradox of that. Hmm. And he uses scripture to uh, basically fight the devil's death with life. Thinking, just jumping off of that, and the screw tape letters, like the devil himself, evil is... He's the prince of lies. He's ridiculously cunning, but he's not smarter than truth. So... Like what he's doing nowadays is he's infiltrating the society and our culture and making us complacent and fat and yeah. just sick, sick and full of all of these things which we think satisfy us. But we, he's pushing us as far away from the dark room as possible. And sometimes like God has done recently with my life is I was going down a sort of complacent path or some sort of death. I was walking the path of death without acknowledging it. And what it took was a dismemberment and a derooting of everything I valued and loved in my life, my family, my friends, loved ones, to realize that I need to take this shit seriously. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to be walking the path of life or path of death? Like, we are, in every sense of the word, great, because we are terrible human beings who yeah. acknowledge ourselves. We walk through this desert, and that's a, that's a great example, a great, vivid, I don't know, make up a word, analogization of where we're trying to bring ourselves, yeah. which is this dark room, this new desire, that that's mm -hmm. where these passions yeah. are founded in steel and sharpened daily. And that's, I mean, yes, that's the origin, right? And, but it's not the end destination, right? And I, it's, it's the beginning. It's, it's desire and then vision and then focus. And I think really what you're touching on, John, is, is medi mediocrity, is that people, I, I mean, I would define mediocrity, this is the Eric Brownback definition of those that 
have fleeting desires and that that live don't know themselves truly that yeah that that, that, that live in between that live in between you know the heights and the depths and they don't take risks and they don't jump out and they don't fall down they don't you know i mean they it's it's a it's a pretty mediocre middle way living you know it's it's hard not to blame them because walking through the dark room is no pleasant task and that's and that's what i'm saying i mean it's 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 a risk it's a danger to go into the dark room because it's totally uncommon yeah it is entirely antithetical to everything our culture purports it's that what we're trying to do here as sons of thunder what we're trying to do as sons of god is the most important imperative work that you will ever embark on in your life and if you don't do it you will never live you will die yeah and that's it, what we need to do right now yeah. it's become clear to me that you can um that people can achieve greatness without being great people themselves, if that makes sense. There's a lot of people out there that achieve great things, but they themselves are not great. And that's scary. Right? Think about it. It's so scary. Because at the end of our lives, we're going to have to, you know, look before the Lord, right? And he just kind of, he, we just heard this last Sunday. Give me an account for everything, you know, and we're going to have to say before and give him an account, you yeah. know. Uh, and I think, th- so the whole dark room theory, the whole de- desire, building of hunger, it's not an outward looking thing. It's not, it's not what can I do to become fulfilled. It's not who can I be. It's who am I, who am I now? What is being mm-hmm. developed in me now? Uh, what, what, what heart have I been given um, that, that, that can have desires shoot out of it in, yeah. in a deeper way? And then it's stepping. It's not, right now it's just, you know, looking internally, mm-hmm. looking with the Lord, processing, praying, going to adoration every day, mass, and asking the Lord, what are the things in, in my heart that you want to cut out? What are the yeah. things in my heart that you want to, you know, bring out more, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and then pray for the pray for the grace to, to receive opportunities to do that, opportunities yeah. to receive discipline, you know, fight mediocrity. A fundamental yeah. of the dark room, and this is what we're trying to get at, is silence. And that comes along with prayer, but it also, it's coupled with the idea that you need to create space for this. And if you're not doing that to the furthest extent, 100%, 110% every day, then you are not going to be linked up to success. Because like the dark room, yeah, it's a daily thing, but it's also, it's a progression. Like, I don't know, there are there are these things that I have in my life that you can call them like, oh, no-nos. So like things, that's kind of from It's Always, not It's Always Sunny, um, Parks and Rec, but if I don't exercise every day, if I don't pray liturgy of the hours, if I don't go to bed by this certain time without my phone, I'm going to have a terrible day the next day. I know yeah. that. If like something discipline-wise is missing, I mean, yeah, you could say you could substitute it or supplement it for something else. But if you don't have this structure to your life in the dark room that's building on itself, you are not going to be able to continue yeah. to meet these goals because... No, keep going. I've lost my train of thought. We gotta. <laughs> no, I, John and I have been playing ping pong here. I no, want to hear. I want to hear from so... Sean and John, or Sean and Jacob. What do you guys think? I throw, no, some, throw, some, throw some thoughts. John, I, I totally agree with you. I think um, patience is probably a, a huge factor in being in the dark room and in realizing what you are, because we live in such a culture of instant gratification. It's so easy to get distraught and and want and just be like, oh, he's not here. I don't know what I want. Um, I'm just going to fall back. I think the, I mean, social media and everything um, is such a good play by the devil, you know, to not social media isn't the devil, but distraction and, um, and, and it just forces us to not be patient. It forces us to, to give up and, and fill every single bit of our lives, not with Mm self-reflection, um, the Ignatian spirituality is um, 
just comes to mind, you know, talking about how when you're facing Christ and when you're facing away from Christ, who, who is acting in your mind. And if you're facing away from, from Christ, um, the God is acting on your mind. So when you're facing towards away from Christ, um, the evil one is fulfilling your passions and your desires. Think about, um, like sexual, um, sin. He's, he's giving you all of the pleasure, everything like that. He's feeding your heart. And what is God doing? He's feeding your head. He's like, is this a good idea? Should I do this? You know, you have those, um, those last second thoughts and that's God. So what Mm -hmm. does the devil do? He, he distracts you. He keeps you constantly distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, you, there, there are stories where some guy is in his car. I mean, you have the 21 pilots car radio, you know, I just sit in silence and that's driving him insane because that's the voice of God speaking to him. And that drives people insane. That's why Michael Jackson overdosed because he couldn't be in a dark room alone. He had to be taking these horrible sleeping pills because he couldn't be alone with his thoughts. You need Mm -hmm. to medicate. Yeah. He needed to medicate because the further that we, put off being in this dark room, the, the more, I mean, the more God is going to be smacking us yeah. in the face with this our be my last thought. And yeah, like you cannot escape or ignore these things. You can hide them under the rug, but then this is a Petersonian idea. Eventually the dragon comes out bigger and stronger than ever. Oh and yeah. That is and manifest. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, I mean, and, and that dra- and that dragon is either going to be you know, the hunger that you've formed and that yeah. comes out in a good way, right? Or it's just going to be the, the sin and the faults in you, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's it's very common in our culture these days to, if you've had a long day, to go home and to be distracted. Um, we are depraved, uh, depraved, deprived. Wow. Long day. Uh, we are deprived of reflection and yeah. um, silence really is what it is. So uh, when you're just constantly distracted, you're constantly suppressing those emotions and those feelings and those longings for help that you need that you're ignoring. And eventually you reach a boiling point. <clears throat> it's no surprise that these are the realities of what people face, why there's midlife crises, mm-hmm. why there's divorce rates are so high and all these problems in society is, uh, I mean, there's plenty of things you can tie it back to, but a big reason is just a lack of reflection and lack of yeah. self-knowledge, really, mm-hmm. because that's how you gain uh, anyone. I mean, a monkey can go through its day and perform certain tasks and you become robotic and you lose your humanity. Yeah. But it's not until you actually look at the why to what you do, the why to why you feel, mm. is when you really come alive. Yeah. I think Starts that... why. Um, Jacob's got to go. See, Jacob. Must be something we said. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, I actually got... Because my life is so full of distraction right now. It's crazy. And yeah. I can totally... I can totally see that I don't have enough um, dark room, you know, reflection in my life right now. And honestly, Delexia and I have kind of been experiencing how we're kind of looking back on this last year of marriage and this last year of raising kids and raising a kid and (laughs) (laughs) raising kids. What don't we know, Sean? (laughs) And it's just like we're kind of freaking out because we want to grow, but it's just so hard to find that growth. So I'm wondering what suggestions that you would have for our audience and for me, because I legit need to find time Mm. to figure out where I want to go now. Because like when you have a kid and when 
you, you just you just start like um, yeah. omitting your desires, and I, I've kind of stopped sharing my passions and my desires with Delexi, and that's kind of um, been tough for us. And Delexi kind of came home one day, and she's like, "Sean, I don't even know like what what you want for our family." And I'm like, "Crap, I don't know what I want for our family." You know, it's wow. like it's like you, you kind of. I just want to know how I can stay in constant like reflection. Hmm of of where i want to go as a as a man yeah dude that's really that's really deep thanks for yeah thanks for sharing that i think um for, for me i've learned outside of college the only person that's going to challenge me is me i don't have me personally right now i don't have anyone in my life that's calling something out of me there's no immediate consequence with my actions other than what happens to me physically emotionally spiritually mentally Right. What actually happens to Eric Brownback alone? Right. Whereas we're different in that. In that you, you know, you're married. Right. There is there is something, someone, two people actively calling something out of you, you know, to to not perform but to provide and to serve and to sacrifice and, you know, and and it's and, and I imagine that is that is a vocation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is the end goal of of what it means to be human is to be called out of oneself to serve another. Um, and you're in it a lot earlier than I am right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it would make, I mean, it makes sense that you're like, I, I've been so actively called out of myself. Oh, yeah. I haven't had a chance to look, look internally, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. um, I guess, it, I mean, my thought and just to the listeners and to answer your question would be um, implementing and integrating things in your life and, and times set aside in a way that creates a system to incorporate Wow, was that just a bunch of psych? Like, that was, did you hear that chain of words? Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> Implement and integrate, you know, a system into your life that allows you and Alexi to fall back on, you know, a time of processing together or a time of silence together, yeah. or, and you and yourself, and for the listeners, for anyone, right? Of just this has been really helpful for me in having the freedom to structure my day. Um, it's a, it's much easier for me right now in my life to enter into quote unquote this dark room because it's just me walking in. Right. And I imagine being in a marriage, it's probably much more difficult to say, hey, honey, I need to go into this dark room. You know, I'm going to, you know, I need some time. Because yeah, you yeah. can't do that. You uh-huh. can't. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, uh, but that's, that's, that, that's its own battle in, in that. Because uh, the dark room, it, it's a crucible. It's, it's literally, it's a crucible and it's a time to go and fight mm-hmm. and to understand who you are and to come out changed and come out new mm-hmm. and developed. Yeah. Um, so for Sean, you, man, I think. I mean, you're like on the front lines of it, you know, and I, I mean, that's whatever. Those are my thoughts. No, I feel like I'm very overwhelmed with distraction, you know, mm. and that's not a, it's not a bad thing. I feel like I'm just in the thick of it, you know, it's, I'm just like living life. I feel like I don't want to compare myself to Jesus, but I feel like I'm, it's with Jesus is like doing all of his miracles and everything. When does he go to the desert? He goes to the desert before. Yeah. Right after he gets baptized. Right after he gets baptized. I just feel like I need, like, a not a desert. I don't need to escape my life. I just feel like I need a little silence. Mm. Um, I don't know if I fully took a huge, like, I don't. I, I didn't take a silent retreat or anything like that. I, I just think I need to put more structure in my life where I can sit in... Um, in the dark room. And that's yeah. just so hard to find. I think yeah. honestly, what I'm realizing right now is I need to just wake up earlier. <laughs> I need well, to wake up at like 5am because if I try to do something right now, like let's say at seven, it's like, that's when Delexi and I kind of mm-hmm. hang out, you mm-hmm. know, or late at night that's, I'm already yeah. tired, you know? Yeah. And so it's all, 
it's it's definitely very hard to find that time and i think yeah it just it just comes with waking up earlier yeah you, you yeah. guys hit on something important like no matter what vocation you're in uh some more than others it's going to be magnified if you're not it being the fact that you were not in the dark room or yeah. that you didn't do your work you know uh so like no matter where you're at in your vocation in your life there are always going to be activities you dislike and yeah. those are opportunities and really equations for greatness because so if you put in the x instead of the y which you're supposed to put in the x you're not going to get the answer and the answer is just a, a greater acknowledgement of self so it was Solzhenitsyn who wrote a, in his great um, book which we all love and know uh, he, he said bless you prison because it afforded him time to encounter his soul yeah it's such a paradox, like, oh, I would love being in prison. Like, we can find imprisonment. And that, that's the idea that I want to really hit on, is this mental switch yes. of if you acknowledge things in your life which instinctually, routinely, you say these are bad, you need to switch your mind, whether it's the thing about me, about John. I don't like the way that this aspect of me. I don't like my reactions. I don't like the way I've been structured. Mentally switch those around and say, no, this is going to be a benefit, a boon, something positive. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's like changing Liam or for me, getting up or just like finding myself dissatisfied in whatever particular way it is during the day, that's an opportunity, an equation for greatness. And it's, gonna, and it's through suffering. Yeah. You have, like, oh, yeah. cool. There's the path mm-hmm. it's through the desert and next to Scylla and Charybdis, but we must yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I also want to say that, you know, this idea of the dark room really feels kind of deserted. It feels, a, a, you know, a space of, of contemplation and a crucible. But there's many mirages as well. I think there's plenty of things that I believe, oh, this will fill my desire. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, and then you, you, you walk up too early, right? And you kind of grasp for it. Oh, and cool. it just it just kind of falls. It's like a mirror room. Yeah, it just falls apart yeah. in your hands. You're like, well, that wasn't it, right? And, you know, I was talking to, um, shout out to Brandon Robinson. You know, he was the one that really helped me with understand this kind of deepening desire thing. And I was asking him about his vocation. Um, and, you know, he's right now discerning to be a consecrated brother um, with the Brotherhood of Hope. And I, and I asked him about his walk to that. And he, he had just talked about it in a way that it was just a patient, like, following of the Lord. It was a patient walking. Uh, a pa- yeah, a patiently, like, walking with the Lord towards that call through the desert and through that, you know, I, 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 you are my living water, Lord, and, and I'm following you through this really dry, arid place. Um, and it's not a prodding, you know, he's not running away, and he's also not running to it. He, it's just, it's, it's a walk. And I think the dark room, this time of desire, this time of hunger, isn't something that we can hastily experience. It's not something that we can expedite or something that we can, um, you know, whatever, give away really quick. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a commitment. It's a, it's a season of life that we need to place ourselves in to, to experience something that we have not before. And it looks like switching that mindset. It looks like, you know, asking the questions like you're asking Sean of like, this is where I'm at with my marriage. And, you know, and I, I'm, there's something missing and I need to take a step back so I can take mm-hmm. a larger step forward. So I want to ask you, Sean, what does hunger look like in marriage? That's a good question. I think it's... Um, Besides Liam being I think hungry. It's, I mean, it's just keeping in mind the, the reason that... Yeah. 
the reason that you're getting married and the reason why you're serving. And that's to, I mean, ultimately get the other person to heaven. I think keeping that in mind. Um, what was your question again? Sorry. I'm like, what, what does hunger look like in, in marriage of just yeah. like your own, like what, what inspires hunger in you? In I like think it's, kinda... yeah, it's, it's realizing the vocation, realizing the vocation that you have chosen. And, um, yeah, for Delexi and I, it's, it's, it's marriage and it's giving, getting each other to heaven and it's raising a strong family. And I think hunger in marriage is, is just authenticity in marriage and, and putting the other person first and, um, ultimately like giving everything and serving and just that perfect reflection of Christ's love. Cause you have, um, a person that you can love perfectly you know, because because heaven is going to be a perfect union of us with Christ, and and marriage is the closest thing that we have to that. It's it's that perfect union, that perfect. I have your back, you have my back. I'm gonna I'm gonna give everything to you, and and you're gonna give everything to me. So, I think hunger through that is is just not. Um, like fighting complacency because I feel like that that is my biggest enemy in marriage is just being like oh we're okay oh don't worry about that or oh we'll figure that out later I think my biggest enemy in marriage is um complacency so I think just the hunger is is just wanting and willing the good of the other and serving the good of the other and that's gonna that's just gonna um help you grow so much more and realize your desires Hmm. Wow. Does that <laughs> so answer your question? It was yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> Speechless. Um, I just wanted to say, Eric, you brought up something very important. Like, it may seem like it, but you are never alone in this dark room. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's like probably the most intimate and expressive and vulnerable you can be with God. And that's what I think might be the most poignant and might be the most unattractive thing is that you have to reveal that part of you in this darkness that you didn't want anyone to see to the person you really don't want you really most don't want to see it and don't want to know about it yeah yeah totally right think about adam in the garden like the shame that's associated with the dark room the hatred the resentment basically all the negative emotions that are associated with it are so Mm -hmm. powerful and uh it's nothing (laughs) again more petersonian there's no nobler vision Hmm than encountering your shadow and expressing it with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. There's no nobler vi- there's no nobler vision than that. <laughs> but seriously, like this is that is the highest that in which no greater can be conceived, not to be heretical, but like there's nothing we can do greater than that. Yeah. yeah. And I you know, I, I guess I just would love to recap this this time with the idea of allowing the Lord to bring us into this time. You know, not like actively grasping for this and being like, okay, I'm going to break up with my girlfriend so I can go in the dark room and I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm Sorry, like, babe. I'm not going to college anymore because I want to go in the, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, the dark room will always present itself to you. You don't choose dark, the dark room. Oh, that's a good point. And I think things happen in your life and the Lord removes things and places things and does things in your life and gives you an opportunity to process, gives you an opportunity to enter in and it's actually our response. You know, he, he is on the offensive for our hearts. 
right? He, he's not on the, on the defense. He's on the offensive for our hearts. Our hearts. And, but he's also not going to force us into it, the dark room. We actually, he provides us an opportunity, and it's, we have the free will to choose that. So mm. I would love to just recap and hear from you guys of, like, coming into this dark room and feeling this hunger. You know, what, what, how does the Lord help you along that? And not just leave you to drown in the water and let the photo develop. You know, it's like, how does, what does it look like to take the things of my heart and bring that to him in prayer and say, hey, can you, can you take this memory and heal it? Can you take this shame and remove it? Can you, you know, and, and how, how do you process the dark room with the Lord specifically? I think it comes with uh, surrender and trust. And um, yeah, you just have to, just, I mean, surrendering, I, I kind of, I'm thinking back to kind of how how I decided that I wanted to be married and I think the main thing that happened to me was I was I just surrendered it I I surrendered um the outcome to Christ I sur- I I just surrendered and I was like okay I'm going to give this up and and see what comes back to me so I mean your question was how do we what was your question again? It was of just what does processing with the Lord look like? I mean, yeah, you're, yeah. you're definitely on the, you're on the track there. Yeah. And yeah. how do you not drown alone? Like, and how do you not drown alone? Yeah. How, yeah, how do you not yeah. just get lost in dark room? I think it definitely comes with speaking to to uh, a close friend. You know, I had a couple. I had a guy that I was going through this with, and and telling him what was going on, and and we were able to bounce off. Um, bounce off what was going on in our hearts and we were able to interpret what everything was to everything that like we kind of saw and and that really helped because I was able to kind of realize what was my um, crazy desire because I mean just realizing that I wanted to marry Delexi I was currently dating her so I I, kind of had to weed through my passion and my like attraction for her and I had to um kind of figure out what Christ was trying to tell me in my desire to get married hmm. um, through that. So, hmm. yeah, it, it, it comes with surrender. Hmm. Faith, fellowship, and fitness. hi <laughs> No, but seriously, that's... <clears throat> I think those three, if you don't keep feeding them daily, and this is something Nietzsche really hit on when he... It wasn't in his book, Beyond Good and Evil, but it's it's true. It's that... And I, wrote, I was writing this down. I was thinking about this. If, if you lose your belief, right, if your faith fails, this causes widespread mental depravity and negative emotion. Like, look at the social structures that are just dying around us. The spiritual suicide of the West, right? Yeah. So if your faith, and you can say this for all three tenets that we try to purport, faith, fellowship, and fitness, if that is these sort of esoteric ideas, if they're failing in some way, there's going to be a physical manifestation of that. So if your faith fails neuropsychologically the dopamine and positive emotion in your brain that's linked to belief and linked to a goal achieving structure that's primordial that we've been built up over 300 million years or whatever that system fails so hence you have the depression even the anxiety pandemics coming out on our planet and they find its source ultimately in nihilism nihil nothing this lack of faith so we've hit on this earlier but we need to articulate it again you need to have goals Daily, if you're going through terrible, like I've never had such a terrible existence this past two months. I don't know why. Okay, God, I guess you're pushing me in the dark room. <laughs> but the fact that I'm not, I'm here today and I'm not in a grave is because I've put goals in my life, short term, mm-hmm. long term, and I'm seeing them through even when I don't feel it. 
Yeah. And it's like, Sean, you have that too. You, and then you have that, these buttresses of friends and you're yeah. physically lifting weights to again, hit on those kind of, you know, almost reptilian mm-hmm. areas of our brain that yeah. we have to utilize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, I love, I'm so excited for the next cat because, <laughs> yeah. because you're, you're, you're touching on the next step of like, okay, so how, what does it look like to come where out of to, the dark room? Right, what you know, what does it look like to, to build this hunger? And now where do I satiate it? Like, what, what, you know, where do I feed myself? You know? And I think, um, another thing to touch on is that there is a time limit that you need to give yourself. I've met a lot of people that are like, yeah, you know, I've been trying to look for this thing and I'm just going to stop. I'm going to try not to look for it anymore. And then, you know, like, but they like, like dating, for example, it's like, you could be looking for a relationship. Right. And then it's like, Oh, it just hasn't been working out. You know, you go on like four different dates with different people and all that stuff. And then you realize you're like, you know what, I'm going to take a break, you know? And I like you, that's like a mini dark room moment of like, okay, I'm just gonna, do you know what I mean? Like, and I, so mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that there, there needs to be an end goal. You can't leave the, the picture. You can't leave the film developing there for years, right? It needs to be taken out and kind of expressed out into the world. Um, and so again, uh, I would love to just end with what questions should we be asking ourselves? Should our listeners be asking ourselves? And for me, my first thought is like, what is the Lord revealing about me? What is the Lord revealing about himself? Um, and, and, and what onions, you know, like, like if, if I'm an onion, what's being peeled off of me in this time? You know what I mean? Like what needs to be peeled off so I can get to this core of this onion goodness that and is And realize when it's coming back again. Yeah. Because like and you can, can be, never get really rid of this stuff. Yeah. It can be given as a gift. So I think those are questions like, you know, so what, what, what else? What do you guys think? It's a lot of stuff today, but it's the same ideas of... Um, to be great, you have to suffer. There is no love that's void of pain. And you need to go through these things willingly, courageously, and with your heart full of the fears and anxieties, ultimately believing that God's going to bring you through it. Yeah. Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah, and I think um, it's good to ask yourself, like, well, I think it's good to ask yourself, like, do I want to move out of this? Do I really want this change? Um, do I really want to to stop being so, like a, a fat slob, you know. Do I really want this? And, mm. and leaning into that desire, mm. you you have to want to you have to want it. You know, how yeah. bad do you want it? Yeah. And you have to lean into that. Like, how bad do I want this? Do you? Get, I mean, I've heard of so many books where it's like ten rules to being holy and ten steps to family success, right? And like. I just hate that stuff because this is the last thing that I want this to come across as. It's just like, find your desire, find your vision, and then, then, you know, find your focus. It's not like, I'm not trying to to preach a three-step life-changing process. I'm trying to share about something that's going to happen every day, every week, every month, every year of your life. It's, It's a continuous cycle that we need to be pursuing right. you, you can't there's no like beating this yeah it's this a is recurring life, people. process <laughs> i have leveled up <laughs> but we cannot do it without the lord um and sometimes the dark room looks like sitting on a toilet in the women's locker room <laughs> but just to kind of put another silver lining is that it's not an end game of itself of course we've articulated that but the process of being in a dark room because it can also be categorized or qualified as anointing, mm. right? This is another Christina Kane thing. Like you, yeah, in order yeah. to make oil, you need to crush 
the olives. You need to crush the wine, the grapes to make the wine. Yeah. And it, the more pure, the more refined yeah. it is, the more crushing yeah. that goes on. And it's also not a de- completely depressive state of like, my life's ending, everything sucks, I'm in a dark room. We're called to be joyful, you mm-hmm. know? And I think the holiest people I know, they're the most joyful when they're, the, when they're suffering Dude, the today most. today is Padre Pio, St. Padre Pio's feast day. And he yes. has suffered more than, I think, most human beings besides Christ and other saints. Yeah. Like, and done it well. Mm-hmm. Padre Pio, pray for us. Yeah, pray mm-hmm. for us. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. What yeah, do you guys say? Yeah, let's get it out of here. Amen. Well, thanks for listening, tuning in. We'll see you next time. You got Eric. Sean. Jacob. Yeah. And John. Jacob later. Jacob's gone. See you. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness.